podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Today's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast comes in association with Nutmeg, the Scottish Football Periodical. The subscription-only quarterly publication is filled with top-quality writers, great articles and fascinating stories about the beautiful game in Scotland. Get your subscription at www.nutmegmagazine.co.uk. Thursday's edition of the Terra Scottish Football Podcast Part 2. This is like when Bruce Springsteen released uh, Human Touch and Lucky Town on the same day. They weren't very good albums, but he released two <laughs> albums on the same day. That's <laughs> going to be the same for us. <laughs> and I'm joined by, as you, sorry, I'm Craig Fowler, uh, and as you can tell, I'm joined by Craig G. Telfer. Hello, nice to see you. Well, there's a new voice in the background. Hello. <laughs> Join us is uh, Gemma Hood. Gemma, uh, give a quick introduction to who the hell you are. Who the hell am I? I'm Gemma. I am the assistant producer from A View from the Terrace, and that's how these geezers have hooked me in. Sound? Who do you support? I support Breaking City, Craig Telfer. Uh, but what school did you go to? <laughs> not not Breaking High School. Right, okay, or the other one, she, she crosses, she walks on the other side of the street. The wrong side of the tracks. Uh, I, I worked with a, a woman um, back in. That's about the last one. That's the other story. But no, no, the, the first thing, they, they were all ra- massive Rangers fans, massive Rangers fans right. at the place of work. And the first question was, who's it you support? She said, Stennis Smear. And I'm like, oh, there's a pause. What school did you go to? And I said, Larbert High, that's a non denomination. He's one of us, he's one of us. And that gave them licence to be very sectarian, uh, particularly. Uh, against Catholic people <laughs> I've, uh, I've never had that question but I've always wanted it because I think it would confuse people because I'm a Hearts fan no fuck what you've ah right he's one of us he's that's it Hearts are Rangers that's it you're all you're all one of God's children it's all that's true it's all I never, never bother with a follow up question <laughs> I don't obviously assume that I went to a Catholic high school did you? yeah it was just close well it was too close to my house and one of them was bad, uh, bad school and another one wasn't and now it's actually a really bad school. They like brought out the league tables recently, and St Augustine's was like fifth bottom or something. Right, wow. It's a shame. It's um, because uh, league ta- school league tables are like football league tables, and someone has to finish bottom. Yes, like Falkirk. <laughs> nice segue. Brilliant. Uh, yes, Falkirk were relegated in the final day of the season. They turned in actually one of the most spirited performances of the campaign so far. They beat Ross County 3-2 and as an attacking force, Falkirk were generally excellent. However, with Aloha Athletic picking up a point against Inverness Caledonian Thistle, Falkirk finished uh, bottom. The win wasn't enough for them and that's then been relegated to the third tier of Scottish football for the first time in 40 years, I think. I don't think it's been since the late 70s or early 80s since they've... Uh, 79, 80, I believe. 79, 80, mm-hmm. so... Ouch. Stats. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they were attacking in this game, mm-hmm. uh, but I think the part of the problem was that they haven't been for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. 
And that's been one of the criticisms against Ray McKinnon's Falkirk side is that he's set them up in a sort of, it's a 4-2-3-1 formation is preferred uh, the system. However, it's a fairly negative 4-2-3 when you're sort of playing a flat back 4-2 sort of in a but guys who are good at recycling the ball, there's not a lot of creativity in there. However, they, they took the handbrake off uh, against uh, Ross County, albeit a Ross County side who had, had already won the league. They were and all hungover. Pretty much. I mean, the way they defended some of those goals, <laughs> they, were, they, were, they, were, they were pretty hungover. But um, aye, if, if, it's a bit ifs and buts. If Falkirk had been more enterprising at points in the season, they could have stayed up. However, as you saw, as, as, as good as, as Falkirk were as an attacking threat in that match, you also saw they lost two really bad goals. And that's something that's hamstrung Falkirk all the way through the season. I mean, you can go back to Paul Hartley's time at manager. Do you remember that his last game was against Queen of the South? Yes, when they were beating 3-0, Stephen Dobby scored a couple of goals in that game. Yeah, and research for this, I read the uh, Neri's toe plucker, who mm-hmm. had a decent article on it, and he pointed that out, he pointed to that game where the final shot count was 27-3 to yeah. in favour of Queen of the South, and they were away for home. Aye. I mean, there was one, I think, it, who's the boy? Was it the defender? Was it the boy Harrison or Dallison? That was Dallison. Dallison, some big fucking numpty that they brought up for the English Store <laughs> Leagues. But he had like a 10 yard, a 10 yard head start in Stephen Dobby, a 37 year old Stephen Dobby. He had a 10 yard start in him, and Stephen Dobby still beat him for the ball. There's one from a throw in, they lost a, a goal from a throw in. But regardless, that was the Paul Hartley's time, that the same mistakes are still happening under Ray McKinnon's time, and the goals they lost against Greenock Morton when Edging Gelly and Kieran McKenna went for the same ball horrendous and then the goals they lost against Dundee United were, 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 were really really bad just people not picking up at set pieces and it's just it's still there's still a sense of disbelief that a team of Falkirk's size are in League One because certainly since I've been following football Falkirk have always been certainly a very very good First Division Championship club you know that they've got a big well relatively speaking a big support they've got a, a nice Stadium, albeit with with only three stands, um, <laughs> so that wasn't a dig there. So it is, it is generally a nice stadium, uh, and and it's just the decisions that have been made on the pitch and off the pitch over the last two seasons have really crippled them, and it's culminated with this like inexplicable relegation. Yeah, everything makes it. It's weird because like. I've got a right soft spot for Ray because he did really well. <laughs> Ricky, mm-hmm. he did really good stuff for us, so I feel quite bad for him. Uh, the fans have still kind of rallied around the team really well throughout their whole it's season. True. Yeah. Um, except for when they uh, ran on the pitch and got them relegated. Except from that, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they got them relegated. That's right, yeah. We could have refrained from that. Exuberance, over exuberance. I'm sure this. And they do, that's something as well. The supporters do deserve a lot of credit for turning out in, yeah. in numbers because they did took a big number down to Queen of the South, albeit it's one of those ones that if they hadn't gone in the pitch, they wouldn't have had all that extra time and they, they wouldn't have had the, pe- the, the, the penalty. So where they go from here, you'd imagine they'll be favourites to win League One next season and automatically go back up. Oh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Like, because Dunfermline went down, it took them three seasons to then That's come right. back up, and they had a pretty horrific one where they finished seventh. Sort mm-hmm. of thing. It's just to get that kind of momentum and stuff going back up. So, I'm going to be that devil's advocate that maybe says that Rafe could might, do it instead. Like, yes. It, de- <laughs> it depends because Falkirk are, are probably going to be the lowest ranking full time team in the country. You m- imagine one of the poorest paying clubs, and there's always a feeling that that. 
if that's if that's going to be the case, the pick of the players Falkirk are going to have is going to have sort of like over the hill guys who just want to extend their career for a wee bit longer, and maybe like guys in their twenties, twenty one who just aren't really good enough. They, they still harbour this this ambition of being a full time player, but they're not necessarily good enough to ever do it any a uh, decent level. Um, that's the sort of pool that Falkirk are going to be think, looking at. I think it's obviously going to, it's going to be hard for them to pick up players more so in League One than it was in the Championship. But there's still, I think, crowds around about 4,000. That's, that's pretty big advantage. And I imagine... And it's, it's a lot bigger than like Wraith Rovers, so they're only like about, what, uh, 1,500? I, I imagine when it comes to Falkirk's first league game in next season, the Falkirk State will be sold out. I think it'll be absolutely mm-hmm. bouncing for the first game of the season. However... <laughs> oh, I mean, sorry, the main stand and the south stand will be absolutely jam-packed and you'll have a busload of about 15 farmers sitting, <laughs> sitting in one stand. No, uh, no offence to Shrenar intended. No, no, no. It's all offence towards Falkirk. Aye, Shrenar, Shrenar, a great bunch of lads. Falkirk, not, not particularly. But the, the, what's interesting is the sort of stuff, I don't know too much about it, but the sort of stuff that's going on off the pitch you saw at the full-time whistle on Saturday. There was about 500-odd fans stayed behind at the end and were... were calling for the signs of Margaret Lane and, and, and Craig Campbell and I think there's a if Falkirk can if I don't necessarily the, in, the ins and outs of talk about like a, the back the Bairns a sort of a fans group uh, owning a stake in the club if they can uh, take take control and then there'll be a, I think there's an expectancy you don't want that sort of hangover going into the new season because as, as we've uh, there's been so much money wasted at Falkirk this season there must be like, like over £100,000 they have made mistakes, undoubtedly. But is it like we say, sack the board? Sack the board. Usually, I think it's it's about a case of you'd finance properly financially mismanaging the club and, and sending it towards the road to oblivion, or you're uh, just a, a complete megalomaniac as an owner. You, you completely alienate a lot of fans, or you know something like that. To me, Falkirk just seems like they've made a couple of bad choices in terms of who their managers would be. I don't, I don't think know, necessarily sack the board just seems a bit reactionary and that somebody has to finish bottom but it shouldn't have been Falkirk a club of Falkirk size I, I don't want to say that because they have been have. the worst but like, like and, and uh, this basically is what I'm saying is that I think both managers have been backed it's just that they've managed to both managers weren't good hires but yeah. I, I think at the time like I think people thought Ray McKinnon would keep them up Paul Hartley uh, no, I think they were laughing at it at the time because he, he, he hadn't done well at Dundee but he'd done I, well previously in the lower leagues I, I think I, I don't know about you I thought Paul Hartley when, when Falkirk got him I thought that's actually a really good piece of business granted his time at Dundee latterly had been poor but certainly all leading up to about what was his, his like second season at Dens Park second or third season because he'd, he'd Aloha unqualified success at Aloha Half his time at Dundee was pretty good. He got a, a seventh place finish. Am I right? Six, six and eighth. Right, and that was, then, that was that was team of like Greg Stewart and and he was sacked the season after when they were I think they lost seven games in a row. Right, so on on the whole, you'd probably say he, up until that point that's a that's a pretty decent career. So for him to drop into the championship, you'd if I if, if I was a Falkirk fan, I'd be like, well, that's a that's a bit of a coup. Sadly, he uh, judge of having. Spoken to people who have, who have worked alongside him, he's not particularly a pleasant person to get on with. People have described it as ruthless, but it's, it's sort of ruthless with no personable traits to it whatsoever. For instance, he sacked uh, Lee Miller on Christmas Eve. That's 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 the kind of stuff. He, he, he got rid of Mark Kerr. How can you do it to somebody so sexy? <laughs> well, 
That's not not for not for me to say. But it would actually be, be easier for him to take, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> but I mean, so so, so the you're kind of <laughs> alienated. He's looked in the mirror after. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then then he signs a whole load of dumplings. And meanwhile, in the background, the the board who who you're sort of sticking up for dismantled the club's youth academy so they yeah, could put yeah. more money into the first team. They sign Ray McKinnon. But breaking the rules in the process, so that they've got to pay Ray McKinnon's compensation to Morton. You've got to, for, for, you go, you talk about, you've got to sack Paul Hartley, pay him off, pay off a lot of the duds that he brought into the club or terminate the loan agreements early. Then you've got to the cost to hire Ray McKinnon, then the fine uh, the Ray McKinnon. That's what over a hundred thousand pounds. That's huge money for a team of Falkirk size. Mistakes have been made. I get, get rid of them. <laughs> Yeah, fumigate the place for next season. It'll be interesting to see who they bring in because they've, they've released a whole load of players today. Most of it was guys who were on loan, just returned to the parent clubs, and some dumplings like Leo Fassan. Jeez, oh man, one of the worst goalies in the, the club's history. Guys, Kevin O'Hara, who I think people wanted to be a decent player but was never quite good yeah, enough to make it. Yeah, runs about a lot, never uh, actually looks like scoring. Most famous for, for uh, making fun of Dean Shields' disability. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, oh that's right. Yeah, that's a bit brutal. Yeah, that's 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 horrible. I mean, there's but there's still some hope. We've got Paul Payton could be a decent player in in League One. He wasn't fantastic last season, but I think as a water carrier, somebody who can recycle possession, he might be all right. Paul Dixon says he wants to stay. I presume there talks about keeping on Jordan McGee for next season. So Kevin O'Hara, I actually just remembered. I think he, I don't think it was his debut or his first start against Rangers in a game that was televised live on TV. Oh, he looked really good, didn't he? Yeah, and he, he, he should have scored, but he put the ball beyond, must have been foddering him. And uh, John Baird, who was offside, as the ball was just rolling over the line, just tapped it home. <sighs> I think I remember that, and that's how everyone's getting, oh, Kevin O'Hara's a great wee player. But he was loaning at Steny earlier in the season, and he barely, barely kicked the ball. Right, uh, shall we move on for Falkirk? Please. Right, let's go to relegation Part League One. Number two. Yeah. Gemma, your team. Hit me with it. Dune. Dune. Tell us all about it. Second time. In as, uh, in, in as in, many in seasons. As many. <laughs> um, it's disheartening. But <laughs> it's deserved, really, I would say. Um, are, you, are you surprised that, that the team went down this season? Um. If I think back to the start of the season, or kind of moving into the middle, I would say we were alright, just kind of sitting mediocre, not incredible play, but alright, just ticking over. Um, from the state of our last eight games, you could maybe say, yes, we absolutely deserve to go down. Nobody else really does. You yeah. potentially, but more so me. Ah, we'll come. We'll come on to talk about we'll the, the, the playoff games. Yeah. Uh, Breakin are the and you won't like me for saying this, but Breakin are the worst side I've seen this season. Every game I've seen them three times play against Dennis Muir. First game of the season was I think because Darren Dodds had stayed on at the club. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a manager who collected four points mm-hmm. last season, which was uh, is an unprecedented. I mean, Breakin that Breakin side, even in sort of like absolute and relative terms. Right, what was that? What was it? points in a league season because I think it's bad being a Hearts fan <laughs> they won it this season it was absolutely surreal like <laughs> genuinely it's so bizarre but then I was saying to you the other day there's something so uniquely Scottish in a team that can finish a season with four points and not sack their manager <laughs> like it's just so weird but 
But there was that sense of disbelief that, that Dodds that Dodds was staying on because straight away you're going into the season with a negative mindset. Yeah. And on that first game of the season against Dennis Muir, Stenny had a man sent off just before half time. So Breakin played the whole of the second half with a man advantage mm-hmm. and they were rubbish. They they didn't uh, they didn't give Stenis Muir anything to think about, they didn't like make best use of the space. And at the end, and Senny won 1 0, but at the end of the match, Dodds came off to like booze from the away support. Mm-hmm. Some of the board members were, were sort of like fancying up to the board, and it was just a real, just quite a nasty just atmosphere. Aye. And that that kind of ca- carried on. But however, I would say that, that when Darren Dodds was sacked in October, they weren't actually that bad. They were an eighth yeah, at the time. I think they weren't like, amongst the, the sort of all the, the jobber teams. I mean, very early doors, it was like our Broth and Wraith Rovers were the two teams, mm-hmm. yeah, far for not far been. behind them. Yeah. And then it was just sort of like and Breakham were in the <laughs> yeah. and that and, and I don't know, like Barry Smith. I mean, what, I mean, I think Barry Smith made the team worse. But, 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 you know, um, but, see, I was thinking about this the other day that I think when Barry was brought in, he wasn't really brought in like isolation I think the plan was to have him and uh, and Stevie Campbell as a bit of a combo because they then work together they've got kind of personality and skill and a kind of skill set that fit in with each other that kind of works a bit um, so Steve Campbell has a personality Steve Campbell has a personality <laughs> just to clarify that that's the direction so I don't know then I kind of thought maybe that's the way to do it but Barry Smith I've just not really taken to him at all I don't think anyone's really taken to some of the Beacon fans I was speaking to uh, before the match on Saturday um, none of them have really taken to my and from, the... from what I've heard from what I've heard he's a really nice guy but he seems to be one of these people that in a public setting just thinks the best way to talk to like the press and stuff and to local media mm-hmm. is to just be as sullen and as doer as possible yes and regardless of whether he's like that behind closed doors, that does not help your perception. Because people just think you're like that. People just think, oh, the team's so, you know, unadventurous and boring. Yeah. And it's because the manager's like that as a yeah. personality. That's right. I mean, the, the, the term hammer throwers was, was designed for, for this breaking city side. I was up at Glee Park on Saturday where uh, if they'd won the match, they'd have finished in ninth place at the expense of Stennis Smear. It finished up a 1-1 draw. Stenny had a man sent off again. But it was again. It was the Warriors who were most likely to to, to win the game. Yeah. They had the best chances. They they had three good counter attacks against Brecon, but failed to take any of of them up. Um, and just Brecon, there was there was times when you when Brecon moved forward, you felt in a bit of peril, but never really the point when you're like, oh my god, we're we're getting an absolute pound in here. Mm-hmm. And it sounds a cliche, but the league table doesn't lie. And and Brecon, they had that wee spike of form in March. And they got two wins and three draws, and you think, hey, maybe yeah. they could turn this around. But since mm-hmm. then, as you said, over the last seven or eight games, it's just brutal. Yeah, there was two like really promising away wins on, on the trot that was going, oh, maybe this is the kind of pick up. But like I remember a couple of seasons ago, there was our kind of great escape where we were looking like we're probably down for relegation. But oh yeah, of course. The last bit was like six six was wins for me or something. Yeah. yeah, it was just a proper resurgence, but. As I say, we deserve to go down after that. It's shocking. In hindsight, would it have been better if Brecon didn't get promotion to the Championship or would this have happened anyway? Um, no, I think it did. It's Everyone kind of this season, I think, is just purely on a hangover and it just needed That's like something what a hangover. Oh, just that's a, a season-long hangover. <laughs> Two-season hangover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I 
I just think you're you needed something something to shake the team up, something to motivate them, something to actually give them a bit of drive to do well. But we've not had that. Nothing nothing has happened that's changed to actually pick anyone up. It seems like breaking. As my perception of Breakin, obviously it's changed recently with the, the two relegations, but there was a period where Breakin were one of the best-run part-time clubs in the country, where anyone you talk to can't talk highly enough about Breakin, like 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 pay reasonably well, mm-hmm. uh, attractive for players, like they look after them, and I don't lovely think hedge, lovely hedge, I, I, and and the pitch is nice, but that certainly wasn't the case on uh, Saturday. The pitch was like a it's like a tatty field. Um, no. <laughs> I, so. I, it's just it's just a shame. I mean, there's a question: How do you think you'll you'll get on in League Two next season? See, I know that people thinking, oh, you know, just coming down from League One, then you're probably getting a good chance at maybe being top or somewhere. But I, I don't actually mind. See, if we just have a bit of a gut out, keep our kind of key ones, kind of Dougie Hill, Jackal, these sorts of ones up the top, have a bit of a gut, and then work out the way we can actually put a bit of a bit of happiness back into the team. Even the, if see if we just get even a season, if we're just sat like mid table or something, and just wait a bit to actually give time for this new new squad to gel together, I'm okay with that. Would you keep Barry Smith? No. No, not really. Again, I've just not taken to him. Keep Stevie, red Barry. I don't know who I want. And <laughs> replace I've no idea. Any further breaking players have gone into? Because always usually teams are very unimaginative and just go, oh, he was good for us a year, a few years ago. The supporters will like him. I, I, who's who's the boy? Charlie King is the name that gets mooted a lot. He's a very popular player. Player, I'm sure he's coaching sort of like Dundee Junior. I'd like, I'd like okay. it around. There we go. Congratulations, Charlie. Right. So breaking went down. Steny stayed up. For now. For now. Steny <laughs> have to Steny have to stay up, man. It's like the thought the thought of Falkirk being relegated and then Steny it's such a Steny thing for it to happen if Falkirk go down and Steny drop drop out as well because we've I, to my knowledge we've never played in the same division as them. Or certainly if it has been the case, it hasn't been for decades. I think so. I think it's like plus twenty plus years. Fucking hell. So are we I don't think we'd be as well, we're not even have a derby next year. I know. I was so excited to have every Angus team in there. <laughs> Everyone outside of Angus was like, fuck's sake, every single weekend I'm going to be up there. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, Not on the pitch yeah. though, thank you. No, thank exactly. you. Uh, yeah, exactly. But just like one season. Although, to be fair, if you come back, Montrose and Forfar are doing well, Arbroath are in a different league, they'll probably be back down at that point. <gasps> oh, I don't know. You reckon? You think Arbroath will do well in the Championship next year? I hope so. Suppose they've got our Aloha still there, so two part-time mm-hmm. clubs. Aloha yeah. are a better team than our broth, though. Yeah. You don't know. You don't know what's going to happen in the summer. Aye, wait, wait till, wait and see, wait and see who, <laughs> who, 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 who brings in. Aye, that, that'll be it. We'll come, come back in three months, and we'll have a big, uh, a big the, the kicking off the nineteen twenty season. Right. So there was one promotion this last weekend, and that happened in League Two. Peterhead finally got over the line. Yes. They beat Queen's Stuttering. Park stuttered, yeah. They beat Queen's Park 2-0 uh, at Hamden. Two goals to Jack Leach to uh, win them the promotion. But it had been a, a funny, funny season for Peterhead because if you go back to the 9th of March when Clyde, the and the, the morning of that, that 9th of March, it was announced that Clyde were being docked four points for 
play, fielding an ineligible player against their games against Queen's Park and Albion Rovers. So the draw and the win were turned into two losses. They lost four points and uh, they went up to Clyde went up to Elgin and lost. Peterhead won their game that day. So at five o'clock, Peterhead were fourteen points clear over Clyde. That would have been breaking just canter towards the title, sort of like you know, a sort of like a runaway train or a horse. And what happened <laughs> instead, though, Clyde uh, that sort of galvanised Clyde instead, who just won the rest of their games. Mm-hmm. I just don't think Clyde lost a game. In fact, no, after I don't that, I think so. They lost the last Ah, but up until up until that, but up until last game, the Clyde won all their games. Whereas Breakin, God, I've got Breakin on the brain. Whereas Peter Head, I know, sorry, fuck. Whereas, uh, whereas Peter Head, they like on the brain. Uh, so that's the one thing you do. This is like an old-fashioned illness, isn't it? He's got the Breakins, <laughs> and you got a, like a, a hairdresser slash surgeon drills a hole in your head. <laughs> To, to rid you of the breakings, uh, but no, they don't need that. <laughs> rid me, man, rid me. They, 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 they drew. Say that. <laughs> but like, it come out. It was like. They drew with Albion Rovers. They were one, one and one nil against Albion Rovers. Albion Rovers scored in the final minute. Then the next week they played Clyde. That was a sort of big game. They were three and up, three one up against Clyde. Clyde pulled the match back to three each, and then they'd have won the league in the final day of the season if they beat Stirling Albion. However. They were 1-0 up. Sterling Albion scored pretty much the last kick of the ball through Peter McDonald. And it raised a lot of questions about Peter Head in terms of complacency, concentration, fitness. All things that you didn't think you could level against that team given their experience and guys that have, I mean, the majority of the team have all, all won titles and cups. However, I think it was a very straightforward win against uh, Queen's Park and it meant that club didn't matter what happened with Clyde. They lost against uh, Cowden Beef. So, Peter Head are the true champions because they won the league by more than four points. I think if if they if they uh, if Clyde had won and the gap had been any less than four points, Clyde would have been the the moral victors. And it's not often Clyde can <laughs> ever say that about themselves. It's a, it's like uh, the, this is this is customary weekly mention. Uh, it's like the season that Hearts got relegated uh, in 2013-14. But they actually, were it not for the deduction, would have finished on more points than Hibs. So who was who was really bottom of that table? <laughs> Wasn't us. <laughs> uh, Gemma, we're not fans of Jim McAnally on this show I think it's fair to say, in general Nah, don't rate, don't rate him What's your across, thoughts? Across the board, across the terrace board Well, Sean and Craig don't really rate him And the rest are just kind of follow their lead so. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're None of the guys have heard of Jim McAnally <laughs> I, I've got to say I have no opinions on him whatsoever I also endorse that particular type of beer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, there you go. That's, that's uh, all I've got on Jim McAnally. I think there's, there's uh, I mean, I'm, I'm repeating the points we talk about this on the... Jim McAnally, opinion repellent. <laughs> <laughs> We, we talk about this on A View from the Terrace tomorrow night. I don't know how much of this is actually made into the show, but I think it's a point worth repeating because I think you started off this section by talking about like Breakin have gone down, Peterhead have gone up, and it's probably important to look at what's going to happen to Peterhead over the summer because Jim McAnally's future's in doubt. He's going to have a think about whether or not he wants to stay on at Balmour. The, the chairman certainly hopes that's the case. Mm-hmm. It's not the first time that Jim McAnally has considered his position and I think if, if Jim McAnally was to go, I think 
as time at Peterhead would be looked on broadly favourably, you know, two league titles and a, a Challenge Cup final against Rangers. Um, I did have the relegation and the failure to get out of the division. The last two seasons have been a bit of a write-off, but this one, this one, he's done the business. But he's thinking of whether or not he wants to stay on. On top of that, you got Scott Brown and Ryan Dow, who've been two of the best players, uh, two of Peter Head's best players this season. Brown, in particular, had a really good season. He was in the PFA Team of the Year. He is looking for full-time football. So is Ryan Dow. Whether or not they can get that, I don't know. But regardless, it means they could be they could be playing elsewhere next season. On top of that, you've got they're an old squad, an aging squad. Mick Dunlop's thirty six. Uh, Willie Gibson and Jamie Stevenson are thirty four. Derek Lyle is thirty eight. And then you've got like Simon Ferry, Rory McAllister, Paddy Boyle, and Greg Fleming, who are all in their early thirties. So there's only a handful of players that you consider like first team players that are like in their twenties. That's like uh, Jason Brown. Um, and Jack Leach the, the, the sort of the guys that we, we've not mentioned who are going to probably stay on next season that are in their 20s so if it's McNeil or someone else there's going to be a lot of surgery uh, required over the summer but if any team can afford to have the surgery and pay the big bucks it's going to be Peter Head they can pay for that breaking procedure that's right do it, in Jim Mac- on the brain. Aye, do it to Jim McAnally he doesn't have breaking the brain but just drill a hole in his head anyway <laughs> right take a dive Let's uh, before we get to the playoff matches in midweek. Let's uh, move up to the championship, uh, where there was a couple of big storylines that came out for the weekend. One, let's start at Capolo. A lot of change at Capolo, to put it mildly. <laughs> uh, it's quite the. Can't remember. I think did we talk about this on the show? We did, but again, how much of it gets used or not? Because we're still <laughs> which section we talked about. Uh, this was forking the road. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, so that probably will make it in. So, uh, yeah. this will make it in, but it depends how much. Cause we spoke for it twenty minutes. So yeah. <laughs> so okay, we better ask Gemma then, since you don't appear in, in front of camera. Right. Right. Hit me with it. <laughs> so this kind of. Do you think David McKinnon will be a good replacement for Warren Hockett, CEO level at Greenock Morton? <laughs> Who fucking knows? Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? I see that the fans were actually quite happy about that because they didn't really appreciate Warren Hawk. No, Warren Hawk says uh, since he's overseen the club, he they finished one of the worst championship, one of the worst Scot- Scottish football teams of all time. The, 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 the team that got relegated, Kenny Shields team, the Kenny Shields team, like the Alan Moore Kenny Shields team, and uh, yeah, he was preaching something like it was a. You, making the team up largely for youth players and well that's obviously not worked and he just seems to flim flam between different ideas there's no real consistency there uh, so I Warren Hawk I don't think many people are sorry to see him go so they sacked their, their two well no sorry they didn't sack uh, Peter Houston and Jonathan Johansson walked yep. away on Saturday before yep. the game because they were told you're not getting kept on mm-hmm. uh, and therefore you're not to play Charlie Telford because there could be a new manager coming in and it's up to him to keep Telford or not and tell, sorry, Telford's final appearance would have triggered a yeah, contract yeah. extension. Sorry, would have triggered a contract extension. So there's two kind of schools of thought. Is uh, fans who are saying, well, that's fine. It makes sense that you wouldn't have somebody contracted where a new manager doesn't necessarily want them, especially yeah. since it's kind of thought amongst breaking... Uh, <laughs> you've got, oh, you've got breaking in the brain. This is some... <laughs> <laughs> This is infectious. Breaking on the brain is quite nice to say, though. <laughs> oh, that's definitely a title of the show. That's, I was just thinking <laughs> that. That's the title of the show. Right. <laughs> so, Old man Fowler with the breaking. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go up to it. It's like you're living in an isolated shack. 
so with, Charlie, a, with an X painted on your door <laughs> so people know not to go into it. So Charlie Tuff always thought of as one of the highest paid players as well, so that will impact the budget. So some fans think that's fine that the, the management team were, were told that and they thought they were useless anyway. Other fans are like, no, the chairman should never ever meddle in first team affairs, regardless of what it means. Mm-hmm. Which side of that fence do you sit on? I think I'm kind of split on it, but I side more with it's a clean slate for a new manager. Yeah. Fuck it, better. <laughs> and, like, would Telfer, after this whole thing, actually want to play? It's a bit shit for him. I think players just take the money. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's a short career. I used to, I used to be at Dundee Ray, don't you know? Don't you know? I used to be at Rangers, actually. Well, I would win the world. Well, they're unpleasant this year. Yeah. I remember, God, remember Dundee United had to pay a fortune for him. It as was well. like 225,000. No money well spent. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose it's, it, it's like the no. So I'm going to say I'm making the same point. Sean McGregor takes it like I'm stealing this point. I don't, yeah, want, I don't want to do that. Better not do any more of that. We'll just move on to Queen of the South. Uh, is there anything to say about Morton? But f- I think that the, the I think for, like, Peter Hughes. So seems say, like the majority of fans are just happy that there's a clean slate. There's a new CEO and there's going to be a new manager. Aye. They're worried about the talk of not having enough investment. But I think the uh, chairman Crawford, right? Mm-hmm. I think he said that there, there are investors interested as well and they're hoping that talk of we had to get rid of Johansson and Houston for uh, budgetary reasons was just kind of a nice way of saying they were rubbish and we're going to get rid of them anyway. Uh, yeah, I think Peter Houston actually did a, did a, well certainly for his own reputation, him going on the radio was, was pretty clever. He went on sports side within like an hour yeah, of, of getting sacked. So the narrative that he can push is that uh, the chairman was interfering with us. We had we'd have left anyway because that, and we got the club fifth place. You know, yeah. That's mm-hmm. actually going back to Neri's Topokas article on Falkirk. The points total that Falkirk finished on last year under Hartley, where they finished eighth, would have got them fifth this year. Yeah. So I mean, it's, there's ways to look at it. Is fifth place a good finish? Yes, mm-hmm. but I mean, with about two two weeks of the season ago, Morton were. And danger of being relegated. Yeah, so. I used to keep picking against them in Banker Bus. We keep drawing. It's fucking annoying. Ah, oh, Banker Bus just horrendous for all of us. Isn't <laughs> hey, I'm fi- yeah, I am five from nine. That's respectable. Okay, when I say all of us, I just really mean Sean McGuigan. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't he fucking yeah. pick, could pick his nose? <laughs> right, hey, another manager lost his job in the championship. This is weird timing, wasn't it? Is it weird timing that you, you tag your manager before the playoffs and bring in a new manager right away? Better hope for a fucking good manager bouncing. But the thing is, see if you then sack your manager that's going, he's done nothing. They had a desperate form at the end of the season. Like, if you have no faith in him actually getting you through the playoffs, then what's the point in keeping him? Get somebody you think might, whether he does or not. But So perhaps it was even too late as well. Because if you had had this little thought in him, that he's... Or maybe it was too fair. Maybe it was just that final day, losing three nothing at home to Party Thistle, who've been crap for most of the yeah, season. Exactly. Might have been quite a, a red flag. That's totally. it, and it's kind of. Uh, Nismith, I was surprised. Remember at the time he he'd done reasonably well. He's five to win a title with them. He got he got relegated with them. Did he win a league title, or did he just get promoted with them? He's five, I think. I think he won the title. Mm, won the title yeah, won Nathan, the Nathan Austin team. Yeah, that would have been... Kyle Wilkie as well, yeah, that won the title. Is that 13-14? I think it was the year after. 
14-15 no that was Forfar that won it in 14-15 because that's for the year that our both collapsed was it that long? no I'll be in Rosen League it doesn't matter anyway, who gives a who, who <laughs> thrilling listen, I, listen let's just like, old man tell for there was it 14-15 was it 15-16 was it was it anyway that's the breakings that I've uh, that I've eaten away at my my, my thoughts uh, my, my phone won't answer my Facebook request <laughs> I still found his girlfriend in it though. She's off it, bro. <laughs> anyway, uh, I was surpri- surprised to see, see him get a job at Queen's because he hadn't done all that that well at East Fife. Laterally, he had done well with, with winning the league with them. But I, I think I'm not sure that that Garnett I've ever really taken to him. He talks quite a good game. He lost his assistant Dougie Anderson had a, took a job at the SFA. Two thirds into the season, and he I, left to get away for London Knights. Left. <laughs> Listeners, whatever you do, don't let London Dykes over your threshold because he will he will eat you out of house and home. You leave something. Speed. I think it, it, for, I mean, Mark. What you think? Stephen Dobby is generally considered to be the best player in the lower leagues. He scores more than 40 goals a season, yet his team are still in danger of being relegated. I think that shows. Yeah. And he's not been playing the last few weeks. He wasn't playing on Tuesday night when they were beaten by him and chosen the playoffs. And I think that kind of shows up how mimsy a team yeah, could be. There's, there's not other players in the team that are reasonably well thought of as well. When the Dykes, um, with the exception of what he likes to get up to when he's in other people's homes, um, he also uh, has got a move to Livingston. I mean, the, the, the Josh Todd's I think has had a no bad season. It's about being on a team that looks like they might get relegated now. <laughs> well, he's going to a team who have been relegated. Maybe really a team who have been relegated. I Dyke seen Dyke though is the sort of player. I think Dobby made him a better player because he was he worked well with all of the he he did well with all the the, the hard stuff that, that mm-hmm. the Dykes did. But I don't think I was boy Murray that's playing up front and and Dobby's place. He's just nowhere near. Nowhere and Dobby's been injured as well, which hasn't helped. Well, of course, that's made that's made the point with him being out of form. You've got like a very uh, average side, and uh, this probably segues on nicely to what happened on Tuesday night. Yep, they were beaten two one by Montrose. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alan Johnson didn't no no bounce. Yes, of course, he's come in. Him and uh, Sandy Clark have come in to uh, replace Gary Smith. Alan Johnson's time at Queen of South, of course, was the f- biggest success certainly- of his managerial career so far. Yep, I, the. F- First season they won the League One title and the Challenge Cup uh, in the same season. Canter as well. Aye. Aye. Second division fight was saying because they beat the party. This whole side that really... Uh, Were well, they not two goals short of 100 goals or something? Nicky Clark got something like 40 goals that season. Yeah. Uh, he was out of this world. Him and Gavin Riley were absolutely sensational together. And uh, they were so good that when they went up into the Championship they kind of they finished in fourth, fourth place. And that was under McIntyre and a lot of fans didn't think McIntyre had done a good job with that team. <laughs> <laughs> plenty of evidence for be, that be careful what you wish for uh, but anyway they played uh, they played Montrose on uh, on Tuesday and were, were, were beaten 2-1 by them the other well sorry I was going to say because no, actually well, let's go to this match uh, the other oh you know you talk about Montrose alright oh, Montrose in fact Gemma's, Gemma's got notes there okay. you tell us about Montrose I <laughs> Fuck all of Montrose. It's purely <laughs> the game. Okay. Tell us something then about 
Well, Stuart Peach. Tell us about Ray. I was going to say before we go, Stuart Peach deserves a lot of credit because he's he's my uh, League One manager of the season. I know Dick Campbell's likely to get it, but I think that Montrose he yeah, came up just, a, come up, just come up. A lot of people thought they'd just stabilise and they kind of gate crashed. The, having been out of the division for, for twenty years, for twenty years, two years even was it yeah. something like that? Yeah, uh, and having gone out and then into top four again, that is sensational. And that was after losing likes of Cami Ballantyne, who has subsequently rejoined them, and losing Chris Templeman, who was such a massive way how that team played. Then massive credit to him, and I think that uh, Montrose will do well to hold on to him. I think well, especially like Dun- teams like Dunfermline, where he is a club legend, mm-hmm. uh, circling. Okay, Wraith Rovers two four for one was the other playoff match. Yes, uh, a difficult one to call, I think. Um, with all the playoffs effectively, there being like one maximum two goals in it, um, it can swing. It can totally swing either way, and with the Saturday home advantage. I think it's very, very And Wraith going to Angus, which is really disliked doing. <laughs> um, I, I've got to say I'm four for all the way on this one. All the way. I think Jim Weir is absolutely fabulous of all the time in the world for him. He has done amazing things for that team this season. He has. Um, and yeah. Did you like him at Brecon? Uh, again, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fairly impartial all the time. I get, I, I get strong opinions on... Um, Shite, shite seasons, but Jim's fine. But he's, but he's, so he, the shite season, two relegations, Dan and Dodds, he's alright. He's alright, yeah, Dan. Barry Smith, yeah, yeah, take yeah. him or leave him. Well, he's not bad at all. 2 uh, 1, uh, I think that's. I, I, I'd probably agree, agree with Gemma there. I think that Station Park, Forfer had, had a great season. Um, Jim Weir is uh, manager, I'll be honest and say, I've never really rated. I was oh, surprised. Yeah? yeah, I was surprised to see him. Uh, so he just bobbed around, just like when he. I think he only really only signed for four for us, so he could say he managed all four Angus clubs. <laughs> like, uh, but he's got That's them. Pl- I mean, uh, they've got a wee bit of money to spend for for, but he's, they've spent their money very well. A brilliant defence, two very good sitting midfielders, uh, dynamic, creative players up front, and John Baird and Dale Hilson have really got a, a, a good partnership there. And I, I was actually surprised that, that it finished two one. I thought Forfar wouldn't get beaten that one, but I'm I'm going to agree with Gemma and think that they will pull out all the stops in the next game. And uh, I, think I can see Wraith Rovers spending another season in League <laughs> One. A rather easy one to call, I would say. It's the League One playoffs. Edinburgh City nil, Clyde one from Tuesday's game. Yeah, Edinburgh City did hit the woodwork yeah. three times, but Clyde were still yeah. the the better side on the day. <laughs> And Edinburgh have just been shit. So I think Clyde will win this one. I've got to say, I agree with that. They're like a resurgent team at the, at the moment. They've just gone all guns blazing. Um, and yeah, I don't I, I don't mind Edinburgh City. I think they're alright, but I don't think they've got enough in them to... Um, to the form's really falling off the edge of the cliff. And Clyde... Yeah, they had an amazing kind of run, but... Uh, do you know, on the whole, this has been a pretty good season for them. The probably highlight was beating our both away from home. Was it four one? They were brilliant that night. I was in the telly as well. Yeah, they were excellent that night. Um, 
But Clyde, I, th- I think Clyde would probably be most people's ticket to 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 win those win those playoffs. And even though John Rankin's missing, who's been uh, probably their best player over the course of the season, they still have enough quality. I think they'll still see to, out this yeah, I I don't think Ed, uh, I need to check, but I don't think Edinburgh have really given them a game this season. I think, but all the four fixtures, Clyde have certainly been the better of the two teams. I think they might have beaten them once. I think they drew a game in the cup. I think it was the league cup. They were in each other's group. And I think Clyde scored a last minute winner, and I think Edinburgh won one of the four league games. Right. I think I might just that. No, <laughs> you still fancy Clyde and Danny Lennon would be my pick for the League Two Manager of the Year when the awards are announced. I think he's done a fantastic job there, and if it, uh, if it, particularly if it culminates in promotion. Right before we move, there's one fixture from the second tier that we bypassed. But before we get there, uh, let's talk about. Telford puts a paid expression on his face. And an athletic two stones me now. Yeah, it was a there was a sore one on Tuesday night. I drove down uh, to Gallabank to watch it. Uh, Aaron were the better team throughout the entire match. No two ways about it. They were solid at the back. They had mid. They've got a, a midfield that are that can be physical, but the, 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 the but can pass the ball around. Two wingers and Chris Johnson who had a brilliant match and Tony Wallace who was very very good. They were swapping wings. Uh, and up front, Aidan Smith is a, a bit of a tricky customer and, and made things really difficult for the Steny defence. Um, they scored, the goals were well-taken goals, but crap goals from Steny's perspective. And Steny, other than a shot from David Marsh uh, the, towards the start of the second half that kind of felt him inside the box, other than that, I, I don't think Alex Mitchell was tested. And uh, it was really, really disappointing. Colin McMenamin called his substitutes brilliantly against Brecon, the one the, the game. After we got the man sent off, he altered the personnel and the system just to see out the game and, and, and it worked. But he, I think he tried to do the same thing. I mean, with all due respect to Brecon, Brecon are a fairly agricultural, uh, poor side who are really poor on the form and an athletic aren't. And he tried to do the same thing and he, he was well beaten for it. Uh, 2-0 isn't the most insurmountable of score lines and I think the fact that Stensby have got a 90 minutes to to put that right is is reassuring uh, it's going to be a hard game though but they, they, they can't they can't do the same thing they can't just pump balls up to Mark McGuigan and hope that like Rus- Russell Dingwall is fucking rubbish as well this jobber they've got on loan for Ross County that gets picked one of the two Dingwall brothers uh, is he no they've just got the same second name oh really yeah <laughs> Tony Dingwall and Russell Dingwall Aye. both play for Ross County Aye. not brothers that's like you and Sunderland manager uh, assistant manager James Fowler being related not really or really. me and Charlie Telfer being related <laughs> or Gemma and the Hood from uh, Thunderbirds being related I thought you meant from Boys in the Hood uh, oh god did you used to get that a lot at school no alright <laughs> okay both of them are but I no he's not very good go back <laughs> Dingwall gets picked all the time and I don't know what he brings to the team. I'd say what the Steny, Greg, Greg Hurst could be back from an injury. He was missing. Can Steny come back? Yes. Will they, the head, the heart says yes, but the head says... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think, because can, I reckon you would need Buzz to keep a clean sheet because you guys haven't scored three or more goals since you pumped Falkirk out the cup. I know. That's one of the big problems. <laughs> that's, that's quite funny about Falkirk. That is, uh, yeah, no, you know something. It's, it's like a little uh, light uh, note. No, it's good. Um, 
we we don't score enough goals. I think if you look at our top scorers, Martin O'Guigan's got something like sixteen goals for the season. Then our next top scorer is like a centre back with three. You know, so we don't we we don't score enough goals. So it's a big ask. And I think Peter Murphy after the after the match on Tuesday night said he expected an onslaught on Saturday. I'm not sure if he's going to get it. I hope not. I hope not. I hope Sterling stay up. Has he been relegated? Been relegated any other year? Yeah, any other year I'd be like it's fine because these things happen somebody's got to get relegated not this season please please it's a hurdle to overcome now you can you can, you can channel got, the spirit of Tottenham Hotspur you've got to do it for me Steny McGarnagle <laughs> well tell me Steny I'm dead <laughs> Aaron slit the throats from ear to ear oh my god oh. right Gemma take us home uh, just briefly give us your opinion. Do Ayr have any chance of pulling back a, a 3-1 first leg deficit away to Inverness this weekend? See, both um, Cali and Ayr have got amazing away form. So, maybe this is the thing. I wouldn't totally put it past them. I reckon if they go back and actually... If they go back and look at the goals and stuff that they conceded, I reckon they'll take a little bit of heart from it. I don't think they had a terrible game. They were a wee bit unlucky, but, weren't they? Yeah, Especially goals exactly. two and three. It looked... Yeah. There was a hint of offside about two. There was. And three looked... I don't know much of a penalty to me. Oh no, I did think it was a pen. You thought it was a pen? I did think it was a pen. I thought he just kind of... There was a bit of contact. He just kind of threw himself up in the air. All arms... That's what we'll do, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Just kill him a pen. (laughs) Footbally, 2000 AD. I remember my day used to be proper. (laughs) Contact sport. Aye, yeah. I I think I admire your optimism. But I I, I think Air United just haven't been good since since about November. You know, they, that, that, it's that brilliant form at the start of the season that, that's basically kept them. In fact, the point we made when we were talking about Morton, the fact that there's only been four teams that can actually look at look back at their season and say they've actually done all right. And that's the teams that have finished in the top four. The rest of the division's been absolutely mince. And the fact that, I, I think it's Ayr's brilliant start to the season and the fact that the rest of the competition was really poor. Well, even the teams in the top four, Dundee United were that content. Well, obviously, <laughs> obviously not. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a big ask. It's been on the whole, though. When you look at air, air season, I mean, you can look back at the last few months and be really disappointed. But did anyone expect Air United to finish in the the top four this season? Absolutely not. So, on the whole, you have to be uh, happy with it. See if you've taken that 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 run of form. That see if you're to take the results and sort of like spread it over the whole season. Be like, that's a brilliant season. But the fact that it's so top loaded, yeah. like the first like about. And football is very much a what have you done for me lately type of sport. Exactly, so Ian McCall, sacked. <laughs> and you can take that useless pudding Shankland with you. <laughs> right, on that bombshell, I think that'll do us. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good podcast. You've got Well, they've got their money's worth, so this is free. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, uh, if you'd like to listen to more, we're going to record a Patreon uh, where we're just going to ask Gemma questions, loads of questions. I think a lot of them will be about the TV show and what it's like to work with Duncan and Duncan. Oh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to get that, you can get over patreon.com forward slash test podcast. Uh, you can find us through all the usual means as well. And watch the show uh, tomorrow. Half past ten. Yep. It's been yeah. Friday night, half early past kickoff. Early kickoff because we got the extra three episodes. I think this will be Sunday else's slot. That that they've they've given given me so you're trying not to laugh. There. Well, it must be that's how TV works. No, it's, <laughs> uh, and uh, weirdly enough, it's uh, my girlfriend's friend's new boyfriend is on the show that we bumped back. 
Oh, three weeks. So when she met him, she said uh, he didn't seem too happy. He's <laughs> <laughs> still getting the telly. He's still getting the telly. He's going to have to. He's going to have to. He's going to have to tell everybody he knows that he's grand and all that. that uh, he's going to have to wait an extra three weeks because these yeah. jobbers are talking about Scottish football. Well, if you if, if his grand's listening, I hope she hangs on till till then. See you later. <laughs> Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.